This is the reading for December 22nd in the Christmas to Calvary Reading Guide. Thus far in the book of Luke, we've read the accounts of Jesus' birth, of his life. We've seen him preach and heal and love and forgive. And starting today, we really get into the tough parts, the parts where he pays for our sin. But thanks be to God, we get to read where he rose again, where he takes the seat to the right hand of the Father on the throne, where he sits now. And so today, we'll be reading from Luke 22, from the Lexham English Bible. Now the feast of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was drawing near. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how they could destroy him, because they were afraid of the people. And Satan entered into Judas, the one called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. And he went away and discussed with the chief priests and officers of the temple guard how he could betray him to them. And they were delighted, and they came to an agreement with him to give him money. And he agreed, and began looking for a favorable opportunity to betray him to them apart from the crowd. And the day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread came, on which it was necessary for the Passover lamb to be sacrificed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, so that we may eat it. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. And you will say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upstairs room. Make preparations there. So they went and found everything just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly decided to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took in his hand a cup. And after giving thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the product of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But behold, the hand of the one who is betraying me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man is going according to what has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to debate with one another, who then of them it would be who was going to do this? And a dispute also occurred among them as to which of them was recognized as being greatest. 
So he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But you are not to be like this. But the one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the one who leads like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am in your midst as the one who serves. And you are the ones who have remained with me in my trials. I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. And he said to them, When I sent you out without a money bag and a traveler's bag and sandals, you did not lack anything, did you? And they said, Nothing. And he said to them, But now the one who has a money bag must take it, and likewise a traveler's bag. And the one who does not have a sword must sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this that is written must be fulfilled in me. And he was counted with the criminals. For indeed, what is written about me is being fulfilled. So they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said to them, It is adequate. And he went away and proceeded according to his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in anguish, he began praying more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he got up from the prayer and came to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you will not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, behold, there came a crowd, and the one named Judas, one of the twelve, leading them. And he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was about to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with a sword? And a certain one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, Stop! No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. And Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple 
and elders who had come out against him. Have you come out with swords and clubs as against a robber? Every day when I was with you in the temple courts, you did not stretch out your hands against me. But this is your hour in the domain of darkness. And they arrested him and led him away and brought him into the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. And a certain female servant, seeing him sitting in the light and looking intently at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I I do not know him. And after a short time, another person saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour had passed, someone else was insisting, saying, In truth, this man also was with him, because he also is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. And the Lord turned around and looked intently at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And the men who were guarding him began to mock him while they beat him. And after blindfolding him, they repeatedly asked him, saying, Prophecy, who's the one who struck you? And they were saying many other things against him reviling him. And when the day came, the council of elders of the people gathered, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their Sanhedrin, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will never believe. And if I ask you, you will never answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you then the Son of God? And he said to them, You say that I am. And they said, Why do we have need of further testimony? For we ourselves have heard it from his mouth. Thinking about the word of God that was read, ponder these questions for reflection. How does the fathers know to Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane ultimately lead to our salvation in Jesus' glory. What is it about God that enables him to receive those like Peter and us who once rejected him? What aspects of his character does the forgiveness of rebels, backsliders, and blasphemers reveal? Why must Christians be committed to the truth? What happens if a Christian keeps a slippery grip on truth? Thank you, and God bless.